Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Now, this is a pretty exciting episode today. You will notice that Zoe isn't here. Um, As you know, (laughs) probably everyone can relate, childcare, work issues come in and there's just nothing you can do about it. So I'm flying solo, um, but this is going to be a great episode because, you know, we've most of us listening to this will have been through childbirth in some form um, and we all kind of want to know birth stories and how it happens and there's so many questions surrounding childbirth pregnancy and so we thought we would get a midwife on the show to answer your questions there's been so many so we know that you guys want this episode and thank you so much to Marie the modern midwife for joining us how are you thank you so much for having me of course um yes I am well thank you my daughter has a really bad cold at the moment so she coughed all night last night and the night before um so other than that we're absolutely fine night but it's just part of mum life isn't it yeah exactly we're all um just trying to do our best especially as we creep towards the end of the year with so much going on and so much to fit in so for those that don't know you do you want to just give us a little insight into who you are what you do obviously we know that you're a midwife but you know how did you I guess sort of become a a spokesperson in this arena yeah so I guess it's it happened by accident really um as <laughs> a lot of things do Most things do, yeah <laughs> yeah um and so from a very young age I was absolutely fascinated by pregnancy and birth and I have a really clear memory and it's really sweet because my dad actually um, captured it on camera. So when my brother was born, I am looking at my mum in, so I was only four years old at the time, and I'm looking at my mum in absolute awe because as a small child, I was under the assumption that my mum had this superpower specifically that she could grow humans. So when, you know, they were telling me about the pregnancy and you can have a brother, but when he was actually born and I saw this, perfect little baby that was like more perfect than any of my dollies and I was like mum you did that like you know making that connection was just fascinating and that never went away and it still hasn't gone away I've been a midwife for over a decade now and I still see these perfect little babies with their fingernails and eyelashes and I'm still in absolute awe of 
what the female body is really capable of. So that fascination started from a very young age. And then my uh, parents were a little bit concerned. By the time I got to 14, I was obsessed with pregnancy. And they were like, (laughs) she's going to have a baby. (laughs) So I got my first boyfriend. They were like, oh, God, Marie, please. (laughs) Um, And I explained, it's it's not about the babies. I'm fascinated by the fact that people can grow people like I need to know more about that and as a teenager my hunger for that information just wasn't met in my school years I would press my science teachers it's probably really annoying in class actually but I was like no but how how do these cells multiply and how do they know what to do and how do they know okay so I'm going to become a heart and I'm going to become a brain and you know and my limbs are going to fall how does that happen and no one really had good enough answers and that's not in like a you know patronizing way but no no one really answered any of my questions so anyway I got to 16 17 and I didn't even know what a midwife was at that age but I knew I had to do something in birth work or potentially medicine so I was sort of considered becoming a doctor and I just come across this um this program called Babes in the Wood and it was about home birth and then that was it I was like I'm going to be a midwife and so at 16 years old I 17 however old I can't actually remember now um uh, I went to careers advisor and I was like yeah I'm going to be a midwife and they were like well no you're not because you're too young you haven't had babies you've got no experience I suggest you go off and do something else and do midwifery later on in life and me being me was like no, I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what I want to do. I think it's incredible that you, you know, you knew what you wanted to do at such a young age and then to have a career advisor shoot you down. Unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. And I guess it is a very demanding job. You have a, a high level of responsibility. And I think for a young person to take that on, I, I can understand why you would perhaps want to question that but to actually shoot me down is you know completely inappropriate I I think that could have been delivered in a in a better way that advice if if that's what you can call it yeah definitely yeah (laughs) so anyway long-winded way of telling you that's how I became a midwife and then I traveled around the world with my with my siblings and uh, practiced midwifery internationally and was you know fascinated by the way that they do things differently in different countries and I then Instagram blew up and you know everyone was online and and it was information is so freely and readily available now I thought I want to be part of sharing this information because I can only see a certain amount of women in one day and I can only have certain amount of conversations in one day and actually by posting stuff online you're getting that out to thousands of people potentially and you're you're able to help people from such a distance you know I have women from all parts you know Bali a woman messaged me from the other day um Australia America um Indonesia you know so it's uh, that's how I then fell into the to working online and Instagram and was really fortunate enough for Penguin to approach me and ask me if I wanted to write a book I mean it's a do you know what I've never I don't think I've ever heard um, someone speak so passionately about their job and sort of you know like I think when we're younger, lots of us want to be like pop stars and footballers and all of those sorts of career paths. And for you to know that you wanted to be a midwife so young and then to have you know followed through and in such an incredible way, it's, it's really admirable. Um, and oh. I hope 
those listening will know that these questions are going to be answered in safe hands. <laughs> well, let's get into the questions and then we'll see where, see where the conversation takes us. But actually, do you know what? There's been quite a few questions about this. Mm-hmm. So is it, not is it okay, but would you recommend having a vaginal birth after an emergency C-section? Yes. Yeah, so this is really variable um, because there's so many different factors that affect the reason um, that women have cesarean sections. So the top piece of advice that I have with regards to um, VBAC, that stands for vaginal birth after cesarean section, is to discuss that with your care provider directly because they know your full history. They are able to inform you on an individualized care basis. And that's what we should always be doing. It's very easy to make blanket statements and it's very easy to put people in in boxes and say, oh, well, you know, yes, it's safe for all women to have a VBAC um, when that might not be the case. So for the vast majority of women, a vaginal birth after having a cesarean section is completely safe and it is actually advisable because of the risks associated with having um, abdominal surgery. That said, once again, it is really important you speak to your care provider and you run through absolutely everything because if a woman's had a previous cesarean section before and she hasn't had a vaginal birth before, you may have a lot of questions um, and you need to really understand how birth works to give your body the best opportunity to perform at its best. So you need to understand your natural female physiology, how you can tap into that. You need to do as much birth preparation as possible. I'd highly recommend hypnobirthing because Sometimes if you have had a C-section, your trust and understanding in your body is potentially, not always, but potentially damaged because lots of women say to me, well, I don't feel like I can trust my body anymore because I feel yeah. like it's it's failed me. And, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I, I feel like the safest option would be for someone else to deliver my baby because I don't, I don't know that my body can do it. Mm. And that more often than not couldn't be further from the truth. You've got to get your mind into a good place, haven't you? Um, before you can attempt to do anything. Exactly. So it's about finding out about the risks and benefits associated to your pregnancy individually. And then going on from that, making an informed decision about what is best for you. And, you know, as mentioned, the majority of women, it is safe and advisable to have a, a, a VBAC. And then going on from that, it's really important that we look at your emotional well-being and your understanding of how birth works so that we set you up to have the best opportunity. So it's not just as simple as, yeah, go off, have a VBAC, you'll be great. There's a lot of work that needs to go into that to ensure that we give you the best circumstances um, to, to have the positive birth experience that you deserve. Brilliant. This is interesting. This is from Laura. Why do some people's private parts not hurt that much after birth? I was super lucky and it never really hurt, even though I had an episiotomy. Yeah, so pain is variable. Everyone experiences pain and, and discomfort differently. And sometimes I think we hear such traumatic stories like, you know, oh, I was in agony for weeks and it was awful. And sometimes women have this idea or this picture of what birth and the postnatal period are going to be like um, and that it's going to be horrendous when in fact um, your your vagina has such a vast blood supply mm. um, it heals r- most of the time very quickly and very well when it's kept clean and dry. 
Yeah. And dry can be difficult because you're bleeding, but if you're changing your pads frequently, you know, that that's all that you can do. Um, and sorry, I should have caveated all of this with, we're going to go into, you know, <laughs> some gory detail here, but I think it's important that we don't shy away. Yeah, from absolutely. About the reality. So, um, yeah, everybody is very different. And sometimes we hear these horror stories and when you experience it, you're like, actually, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. The pain wasn't that bad. So I think it's a positive yeah, I think after my first um, my first birth with my son Axel, yeah. um, I, I think I actually was trying to like write what how I felt about it after to one of my friends who was pregnant, and that that was exactly what I said. It, it was not as bad as I thought it would be. I was so scared of hospitals, so scared of birth. Actually, everything not that everything that could have gone wrong went wrong, not at all, but. I, I had I started with an induction and in my head NCT had told me that that was really bad if you have an induction yeah. and actually it was totally fine like every, it, it went really well and um and so yeah anyone listening to this who's you know pregnant for the first time I think a, a lot of women will say maybe it wasn't as bad as they thought it was going to be Mm-hmm. Um, because it isn't always is it there's so many positive stories exactly and it's really important that we do continue to keep this these conversations up and this narrative up as well because the media's portrayal of birth quite frankly isn't an accurate one so we see all of these you know screaming it's all a big emergency it's a rush and maybe you hear other people talking about their birth stories or maybe you go to particular classes where they paint a picture that if you have a certain type of birth you're you know you're gosh you're really in for it then yeah it's actually really nice to hear someone say that they felt fine after an episiotomy because the yes. whole time doing this podcast no one said that so um yeah thank you laura for saying that because yeah it, it, it doesn't always have to be horrific no exactly how common is it for people to ask for a different midwife I didn't politeness but should have so I wouldn't say it's very common nonetheless that doesn't mean it's unacceptable just because Mm. it's not and and the reason that it isn't very common is hopefully um because people build up a good bond with their midwife and they're happy with the care that they are receiving it's really important if you're not happy with the care that you're receiving if you don't click with your midwife um if you have any concerns whatsoever over that relationship that you prioritize yourself in that situation mm-hmm. um and i'm forever saying to women all the time just that is part of your self-care is mm-hmm. not worrying about other people's emotions and feelings yes of course to a certain extent, we need to be mindful of how we make other people feel. But ultimately, you're not responsible for anyone else's emotions. And it's down to them to manage that. So if somebody isn't making you feel comfortable, you're perfectly at liberty to say that that you would like to change midwife and more than any other time in your life, should you be prioritizing yourself? Because yeah, yeah, this is a unique time and you need support. Yeah, I I think I mean, I had a different midwife like every appointment and also when I went into birth both times I'd never met the person delivering my baby before um and yeah. that's quite strange isn't it when you think about it but it, I mean it was actually fine both times I was, I was really lucky um and what and, and interestingly you said that your career advisor said oh you shouldn't you know if you're really young and you've got no experience you know having babies you shouldn't be a midwife well 
the birth I had with my daughter was so incredible. Like I couldn't believe that a birth could be like that. And she was really young and she definitely didn't have children. And she was so great. Um, I sing her praises all the time. She actually follows us on Instagram because I was so grateful to her after. Mm -hmm. Um, Because yeah, she was amazing. I don't know actually what this is. Any tips for managing pups? so itchy at night what does that yeah so that's a pregnancy rash um and it is I've seen it quite a lot actually in recent years more than more than any other time but that might be just pure coincidence um it's really frustrating because it can be really really itchy um so if I hope that whoever's asked this question has got a diagnosis of pups because if you are itching in pregnancy, it's really important that you let your midwife um, or doctor know because there's an additional test that they can do for something known as obstetric cholestasis or OC as it's sometimes referred to as. So if you are getting itching, um, it is important to get a diagnosis. So with pups, um, there are some very simple things that you can do ultimately if I'm very honest with you and I'm if you've had this diagnosis I'm sure you've had this conversation with your care provider um the cure for it is is having the baby so it will go once you've had the baby but it's about managing it and until that time so there are sometimes like a tepid bath a lukewarm bath can help putting cooler compresses on your tummy aloe vera gel perhaps um one woman actually told me that she put a bit of baking soda in her bath and that seems to help I don't know if there's any clinical evidence or data on that um yeah worth a try (laughs) yeah exactly anecdotally she said that it helped her um and also loose clothing so anything that is and cotton as well so anything that's touching your tummy you want you want it to create as least friction as possible so yeah opting for really soft clothing and I know that might be an obvious one um but sometimes it is forgotten you know you're quickly we're all busy aren't we we're all rushing most of the day you quickly shove on your maternity jeans and actually that material might not be um as nice as perhaps a cotton dress, for example. Yeah, and also like bed sheets as well. I was just bed thinking sheets. about it's at night. Um, yeah, you want like super soft bed sheets. Yes, exactly. We'll be right back after this short break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? This is from Hannah. Ways to feel calmer about second birth after traumatic C-section first birth. First of all, I'm really sorry that you had a traumatic birth. It's something that does stay with women for a very long time. The positive side of things is that often if you do have a positive experience second time around, that can really help with the healing process from the trauma with the first baby. So for some women, it it isn't advisable to do this. So it depends on your unique circumstances. But for the majority of women, it's a good idea to actually talk through what happened during your first birth so that you can understand it. And sometimes you have an idea of what happened um, and why that happened. But actually, it may might not be the case. So you might think that something, it, it, and, it, and it can be a bit of a blur and a bit of a haze, but when you find out the actual facts of the situation, what happened, why it happened, that alone sometimes can help to make you feel more positive about your but your second birth or third birth going forward. The other things that you can do, um, which I am a really big fan of, I've mentioned already, is hypnobirthing. I'm a qualified hypnobirthing teacher myself. It does really make a difference because you're, there's a lot of focus on your mental and emotional well-being. And as mentioned before, when we had when we were talking about VBAC, this is a key, key um, part of having a positive birth experience. And lastly, the most important thing to note is that you are in control. And a lot of trauma comes from women feeling like they're not in control. Things are being done to them. So you are... I always say to women, you are the birth boss. You call the shots. Yeah, I am I am here to help support you and to advocate for you and to give you information, advice, evidence. But ultimately, I am not able to do anything to you without your informed consent. Mm-hmm. So it's always okay to ask questions. And it's, it's definitely advisable to own that space and say, well, actually, this is what I didn't want last time. Uh, th- uh, this is what happened last time. I don't want this to happen again. And th- these are my expectations. How are you going to help me achieve that? Yeah. And can you have, is it worth doing hypnobirthing if you've had like, say, say like this lady, an emergency C-section and you're then planning to have a C-section the second time round? Is it worth still doing hypnobirthing? Yeah, I, I think so. Because hypnobirth, and I've worked, I, I've been at in many situations where women have used hypnobirthing throughout their cesarean section because they're using their breathing techniques, they're using affirmations, visualizations. Um, and essentially what that's doing is it's not like woo-woo, hippy-dippy. It's it's affecting you on a cellular level. So, mm. and by that, you know, going back to what we mentioned earlier, which is about supporting your natural female physiology, um, oxytocin is a really, really important hormone during birth and the postnatal period. And we want oxytocin to be flowing as readily as possible throughout your body. When you feel anxious and stressed, um, that can inhibit the production of oxytocin, which is essential for bonding, is supportive for breastfeeding. So if you're having, if you're on an operating theatre and you're having a cesarean section, that might not be conducive of, uh, of supporting all of that physiology and that mm. oxytocin production. By doing hypnobirthing, what you are doing is you're giving your body, once again, the best opportunity to perform at its best. So you're you're supporting your body to release that oxytocin so that, you know, when you're meeting your baby, you are in a really positive 
mindset and you yeah. are relaxed, you are calm, you are trusting, that is an entirely different experience to somebody that's lying there, not not quite sure what to do with their breathing and their body, fe- you know, feeling a little bit put off by the, the amount of people that are in the room. Yeah. For example. So yes, hypnobirthing um, is a positive thing for everybody to do. Love it. Um, this is really interesting. It's from Clara. Can you tell when you meet someone how they'll handle labour? <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> um, so the very easy answer to that is no. <laughs> um, and also, I think, I mean, I don't want to go too deep here, but um I think that there's an assumption that certain that people behave in a certain way, birthzillas, for example, as they're sometimes referred to as, um, that they, for some reason, won't be able to handle labour. And, yeah. and that, I, I think, actually is quite sinister in a way. And I think there's a bit of a, an underlying, perhaps darker message that, that women that know what they want are difficult women that probably won't get what they want because they won't actually be able to cope with the reality. So when I meet someone and they are, you know, expressing their opinion on certain things, there's no correlation whatsoever whatsoever between their opinion, behaviour and personality and how they will manage labour. Um, and for some people that are, you know, top athletes um, and very high performers might want an early epidural that doesn't mean anything about them whatsoever and for some people they may absolutely hate any form of exercise or or discomfort and and make their lives as comfortable as possible but actually they fly through labor Mm. we're all very different yeah I think you can surprise yourself as well actually because I always thought that I wasn't that great at sort of like awkward situations like I said before I hate hospitals like I don't ever want to see blood I'm a bit like that but actually when it came down to it I was all right Um, and I did surprise myself so if you I mean literally when I think about when I was pregnant with my first I used to like lay there at night thinking I wish they could just put me to sleep I wish they could just put me to sleep and like and then I'd just wake up and the baby would be here (laughs) and that's how that's how I felt um and then why do you think you felt like that I don't know I just hated hospitals I think that's what it was that was like the main thing I hated hospitals I hated like I don't know I just didn't like any of that like interfere I I don't want any interference I just didn't I don't really like that kind of stuff even going to the dentist or you know when you go to the doctor I'm like oh I just don't like this but um yeah fine but you had a positive experience and and, yeah yeah no woman I can't believe it now I'm like fine blood tests yeah (laughs) give them to me (laughs) (laughs) the new rules on sweeps at 39 weeks do we have to I'm going to try and uh, contain myself here, (laughs) remain (laughs) professional. So a couple of things. First of all, um, the word rule uh, is, it may be presented to you in such a way that it is a rule that you have to comply with. There are no rules in pregnancy and birth. There are decisions and choices only. So starting with that, and, and, and going back to what we said before about being a birth boss and being in control and informed consent is, is a legal requirement. So the word rule, um, it's not, it's a guideline. And I think it's really important that we really stress this to women that 
you don't have to do anything. There are no rules. Okay, there are policies and maybe rules on visiting times, etc. Yeah. But there are not rules with your body and what you can and cannot do with your body and what someone else can and cannot do to your body. Um, and this is something I'm really, really passionate about is protecting women's rights in this area and ensuring that women are really well informed so that they don't end up in a situation where they've had a traumatic experience because they feel like things are being done to them. And unfortunately, this is far more common than any of us would like it to be, which is why I'm so passionate about preventing it from happening. So that's the first thing. It's not a rule. And to answer the question directly, no, you do not have to have anything that you don't want to have. And thirdly, I am just going to be really blunt about it. I don't agree with the guideline at all. I think I really struggle with that in particular um, and the the lack of evidence to support that recommendation. I'm quite shocked that actually it was passed and it is in the guideline. If you have a healthy pregnancy, it's not your job to really convince other people why you don't want something it's our job as healthcare professionals scientists doctors to to explain to you exactly why we want to intervene with your pregnancy when it's progressing perfectly well and, and healthy and I think that actually you know maybe there's a bit of ignorance there that we know better than the body because oh we're going to intervene at 39 weeks but why if you have a healthy your body's quite clearly demonstrated it's perfectly capable um it's grown a beautiful healthy baby a whole other other organ human yeah (laughs) human being with a brain and gray matter and you know everything else that us humans have for us to then come alongside and go, well, actually, we need to intervene, intervene with this process at 39 weeks, even though there's no evidence to suggest that at 39 weeks is an optimal time to start sweeping women. Um, we're going to intervene with that because we know better. Mm. I, I don't agree with it at all. And I, I think that it puts us in a very difficult place as healthcare professionals. So to wrap up, it's not a rule. It's a guideline. You do what you want. And second of all, you're in control and you can say no to absolutely anything. And it's a legal requirement for us to get your informed consent for us to do anything to you. Um, And thirdly, always consider why you are having interventions, because only you can decide whether or not you feel that that's necessary. Yeah, that was a great answer. This is from Julia. What are the positives and negatives of vitamin K for the baby after delivery? Yeah, so do you know, actually, Sarah, Dr. Sarah Wickham has a fantastic book on this that answers that question far more comprehensively than I will do. Um, But there is two schools of of thought. After birth, babies have low vitamin K. So there is is um, an understanding that babies are therefore more likely to um, have bleeds. So vitamin K is thought to prevent that from happening. But there's another school of thought to say, is there a biological reason or evolutionary reason that babies have low amounts of vitamin K? And should we be interfering with that? And if we do interfere with that, what are the implications for that baby both short and long term so I mean that's a quick answer um but I would suggest that you have a proper read up on Dr um Sarah Wickham there's a book and also there's a lot of information online um 
within the NHS as well about that. Yeah. Okay. Fine. I actually totally forgot about that. Yeah. I remember it now. Yeah. I love this question. What unusual items have people had in their hospital bags that you thought were a genius idea? But also, I just want to know unusual items, even if they're not a genius idea. <laughs> um so I have hmm the genius ideas I mean I guess most people come in with fairly similar stuff because there's like a standard recommendation of what to pack in your hospital bag um some of the best ones I would say are stuff uh, stuff where you can see like women have really thought about themselves. And I think that's really, really important because often um, new mums can put their own needs aside. So I love it when women bring in, like even if it's a sample of a really luxurious like hair conditioner or hair mask or, um, you know, a a lovely thick moisturiser or, you know, a really nice lip balm, for example, because those things, although seemingly small, go a very long way and making sure that you're looking after yourself at this really important time um, where you are so much to different people but in particular this tiny little human you know they're so reliant on you and and that can be overwhelming so those little things I not necessarily a genius idea but I think are really really important so don't forget what I'm saying is yes pack your big knickers your your disposable maternity underwear or your pads or you know your practical stuff yeah yeah but don't forget all of those little things that are also helpful to your own self-care and bringing in like little fairy lights I love it when people bring in like their own like little so that they can make the room their own you know they might be having an induction it might be fairly medicalized birth but actually there's no reason why you can't bring in you know battery powered candles for example um, and little things like that to to really that is a genius idea I really like that like bringing in battery operated candles yeah I love that that's a really good idea I remember someone on Instagram sent us a photo of um I can't remember why why we were talking about it. I think I had a photo of me drinking champagne after I'd given birth because my mum had brought it in with her. And oh. someone, you know those giant giraffes? Do you know what I mean? Those toy giraffes, they're huge. They're like two metres tall. Yes, yes, yes. Someone yes. had brought one of those into the <laughs> hospital for her and she sent us a photo of her like in, in her room in the hospital with this massive, massive giraffe. giraffe. <laughs> I think it was her neighbour or something thought it would be a nice touch. Oh, wow. Well, (laughs) very unique. Yeah, it did make me laugh. Um, I've actually not heard of this term before, but um, someone has written in to say, what do they mean when your birth is classed as a near miss? It was never explained to me. Yeah, so I think that you would need to go back to the hospital and have this discussion with them directly. Um, the term near miss is often used for um, events that could have potentially um, led to a poor outcome, but they didn't. Um, and that can be for a range of reasons. That can be for reasons that are preventable or 
aren't preventable. Yeah, I think it's worth talking to your hospital about that directly um, and finding out exactly what they meant by that. Yeah, because you can actually go back, can't you, and ask for like a, a almost like a debrief and see yeah. your notes and stuff. I didn't know that until recently. So didn't you? Yeah. No, no, no. Only through doing this podcast that I found that out. Um, I don't think I would have known. Would you have done that if you? Had no, known? I mean no. To be, both, like I said, I have like I look back on both my births, even though they were so different. Both were really positive, so I don't really feel like I needed to do that but I do know like a lot of people who definitely would need to do that and I don't know if they are told that maybe have you got a most memorable catch story someone said (laughs) um I do actually yes (laughs) let's finish up on this one then (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so I did once catch a baby a lady came in in quite advanced labor it wasn't her first baby and Usually you labour a bit quicker if you have had babies before. Um, And so this lady came in 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 advanced labour and um, we we, we got into the room. And when we got into the room, she was quite clearly in a, in transition as we call it so that's the time when you're when your body is ready to start pushing she was quite clearly in that transition time I could see from like what she was saying and the way that she was acting that she was about to have the her baby and it was quite lucky because she was standing up I instinctively got onto my onto my knees and I was helping her to take her pajama bottoms off and as I did that I literally caught the baby inside her pajama bottom <laughs> I was like holding on to the baby and then trying to get my other hand in to help her to get the baby up out of the out of, her out of the pajama bottom and it all happened so quickly and I think she was really shocked and as as I was but luckily I was at that on my knees um and I was just helping her get them off so it was lucky that I had my hands right there because I heard her waters go and felt like you know the impact of the baby coming down and just caught this baby in her pajama bottom <laughs> I hope she kept those pyjama bottoms to tell the story yeah. to her little one when, when they're a little bit older. Um, and just before we go, thank you so much for answering all of those questions. Do you want to just let everyone know where to find you and also just tell us a little bit about your book? Yeah, sure. So you can find me on, on Instagram. I am The Modern Midwife. And I also have a book out called The Modern Midwife's Guide to Pregnancy, Birth and Beyond um, that came out in 2020. Um, but watch this space. Maybe there's more to come. So, um, yes, the, the book has been out for a little while. We've, I've had really fantastic feedback on it um, that has definitely spurred me on to keep doing what I'm doing. So, yeah, thanks so much for having me today and for your time and everyone's questions. Oh, thank you so much. That was absolutely incredible. And I'm sure you've answered everyone's questions in the way that they would definitely want. (laughs) Made by Mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 